welcome to another episode of the Hoopstradamus podcast. I'm Adam Schell, who joined by the prophet, Hami Arain. Hami, today we are getting into the Dallas Mavericks, part of the Closure Series. Very interesting team. Oh my goodness, there's so much to talk about with this team. There's so many avenues. I mean, this team is, uh, well, first of all, at the top. I mean, we have like, we have the guy. The guy who loves every player that comes through the Mavericks. Mark Cuban. Not uh, you know, not Mark Maui or anything. You know, none, none of that. Like none of the other islands. Not Mark, Mark Florida. <laughs> no, no, certainly not him. <laughs> yeah. And definitely not Mark Tejas for sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no, like this guy, man. Um, there's been talk of him like trying to like. There's always talk of him trying to like buy another team, right? Like there's uh, ten years ago or something like that. The Cubs. Like, talk about the Cubs, right? There's yeah. been slight talks about him with the White Sox. I think that'd be incredible. But um, I again, would love it. Get Ryan Storff has enough teams and they don't win. I, you <laughs> I mean, know, like, I have a feeling. Don't get me wrong. Exactly. The nineties were nice, but the nineties were nice and they they struck lightning in the bottle. You know, two thousand five. Yeah. But like, yeah. you know, and, and again, they should have made the playoffs in no six. But you know, if there was the, a wild card, the team card, almost missed the playoffs in no five. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, well, yeah, yeah. It actually came down. Yeah. Like last couple, you know, first place. And that was that was a different era, I guess, you know, because now they have the wild card thing. But anyways, like Mark Cuban, man, like I'm so jealous, man, that they have like, first of all, that that, that's their guy at the top. I don't know if I'm jealous about all the accusations they had like a couple years ago or something. But, um, you know, in terms of like their different story there. Yeah, and, and that, that was like that one that kind of went swept under the rug too. Like he kind of went out of that situation unchanged. Like none of the, you know, like his reputation is still the best, the best owner in the league. You know. Well, I mean, he and in, in, uh, what he was able to do for the stadium employees was pretty admirable. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's like he's and like I've also heard because I have a friend who is a Mavericks fan, and he says that he Cuban likes to keep tickets affordable you know yeah he's definitely like a play like a people's kind of guy yeah i heard that he gives some away day of he likes to fill that place uh but yeah honestly you know you look at the mavericks in the last 20 years and it's been pretty successful i mean they they had it going with uh nash and navinsky and then you know they they won a title with such a strange assortment of veterans, you know, like Tyson Chandler was in his prime. Dirk was unguardable, but the end of his, his prime, uh, Jason Kidd was not nearly as fast as he was, uh, when he was, you know, the road runner with the nets, but, uh, really high IQ point guard, still a really good defender. Then you got like Sean Marion, uh, Stoyakovich has a ring. Yeah, Stoyakovich. You know they they've done a really good job of building teams for a long time. And, Jason Terry, longtime Maverick. Yeah, yeah, in a huge part of that uh, championship run as well. And so it's uh, it was crazy. I remember kind of being shocked because the Heat. Everyone thought the Heat were going to win the championship, but the the Mavericks yeah. pull it off, and then they kind of go into this like not so good but never awful you know i don't feel like they were yeah. ever awful uh yeah like the worst they've gotten was like maybe like the 11th seed which is like pretty which isn't obviously great but when you're in the western conference like that that could mean like winning 40 games is that is that so the worst they've gotten since the... well i know the worst they've got i know they've gotten before like before luca obviously they were really pretty bad right like they were bad that year but like yeah. there was a time when dirk Nowitzki was playing yeah, 24 in, that time? wins that year yeah 
Yeah, the, remember that time we yeah, he grew out that beard? He said, I'm going to shave it off if we make the playoffs or something like that. Yeah, and he yeah. never, you know, he, they never made the playoffs that year. They were like the 10th seed or something like that. So they're always like around there, you know. And, and after like 2011, especially 2012 around then, it seemed like, you know, they were just thankful that they got over the hump, you know. Yeah, yeah. They uh, were 512-13 and then never went below 500 uh, until 2016, 17. And then they were 33 wins, 24 wins, 33 wins this year. They were uh, 43 and 32. Uh, so likely, or at least flirting with a 50 win season, if they actually uh, got to finish uh, a full year, but I mean, shoot, they have done it again. Dirk is gone, but the next, the guy who's going to probably be the guy for the next 10 maybe 20 years he's there yeah i again that's the other reason why i'm so damn jealous of this franchise is because they made the move they're like we're gonna trade up to get this guy yeah and it's crazy because like i think luca would have been i think he would have been great anywhere like and can you imagine him with the kings and like De'Aaron fox i mean the that's easy awesome team yeah or, or yeah for real and uh what they took and then you got phoenix too yeah phoenix Phoenix hired his fucking coach phoenix hired his coach and then atlanta you know the atlanta and then atlanta straight up uh but honestly the difference with atlanta is that i i do like that they uh like i i do see their kind of point of view because trey young i think is like uh they really need some sort of like uh like he, he's definitely the guy who's like very much exciting. He's gonna bring Atlanta basketball kind of back, you know, very exciting kind of player. And Doncic's obviously very exciting too. But uh, the fact that he's like he he found himself in like the exact perfect situation, you know. Yeah, I, I mean it uh, shook out in the right way, and now you kind of look at the Mavericks, and they remind me a little bit of the Spurs, just because they're like this all international team. You know, you have uh, Doncic, uh, Porzingis, Boban, Dwight Powell. A lot of people don't realize this from Canada. And Maxi Kleba from Germany. And, you know, the swirling rumors in the wind is that they might add some guy from Greece who's really good when he's a free agent, no longer uh, under contract with the Milwaukee Bucks. But they have that foreign appeal. Uh, we're not doing a look into the future episode. We're doing a closure series episode. So we're, we're talking about, you know, closure on last season and look ahead to this season. So we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. But it is so clear that whether we're talking immediate or long-term future, that this team has, I mean, you could make a case for the brightest future in the NBA. Yeah, I mean... <sighs> The fact that they're like they're not even like being subtle about like trying to go after Giannis and stuff like that, and you know no one should be, I guess. But uh, I mean, if if they do sign that, I think that that break the league, you know, same way that the Warriors kind of broke the league. Yeah. What what would you do against Chris Stapps, Przingis, Giannis, and Luca? Nothing. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> I, I think like if they like you're, you're t- if they make it happen, it'll be in 2021. Mm. So it'll be after this coming season. Yeah. Yeah which would be absolutely wild. And we'll see what happens there. Uh, Who knows? Who knows? But I think that they're already a legit contender. They're maybe a piece or two away coming out of the West. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, they don't seem 
I mean, like they took a very good team to six games, right? I mean, yeah, Dodgers yeah. made that incredible game winner. Yeah, and Porzingis uh, got hurt, so he also had that bullshit ejection, right? And that oh, one that, that was game, so game awful. One. Yeah, yeah, that was again like back to back possessions or something like that. Yeah, I, I think I missed that game, but I did hear it was like it was something like back, like within ten seconds or something. Two technicals. It it was bullshit. I uh, am a referee apologist typically, and by that I mean. I think that we need to treat all humans with respect. I don't care if you're the president of the United States or a garbage man. Uh, it's not nice to put people on blast and be a jerk and make fun of someone on the internet. And sometimes when I, especially it was when I was covering local sports and how closely I would work with these referees. Like, I mean, you know, five feet away, I'm on the baseline shooting a game and you know, it makes you feel for them when you're right by them and people are telling you how much they suck or telling them how much they suck. And it's just not very nice. So I usually side with the referees. I just say, well, they're doing their best. It's not an easy job. Uh, but they fucked that one up <laughs> because that changes <laughs> the whole series. Like this isn't your time to flex and have that dramatically impact the outcome of a playoff game a seven game series that maybe goes seven games if you don't do that yeah i i mean i, I i'm i mean like again i i thought luca would have a little bit of trouble in that first round but no the greatness prevails again <laughs> because yeah. you know on paper you look at the clippers and you're like oh you know, you're going into the season series, right? Second versus seventh seed. So you're thinking like, yeah. yeah, maybe the Clippers will win in five games or something, right? I mean, they, their defense is too good. But the Clippers, something about them was just, just a little off this year, you know? So, I mean, the, that game winner, man, that was incredible. Well, do you remember the uh, debate, the intense debate I was having with Coach Leo in the Hoopstradamus group chat prior to that series? Oh yes, I uh, see. I do actually. On the day of Game One, I remember. I remember uh, Leo saying something about, uh, you know, Luca is gonna get some sort of reality check or something like that after Game One. And I remember Luca struggled and like the he he kind of struggled that game, but uh, wound like, he up having a well. monster stat line though. Like but, literally, yeah, had like the best. The... Uh, he he broke George Mikan's debut. He got it for a slow start. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and the, then the, he the, the had literally yeah. the best. Like yeah. He had a, a shaky start. Okay, so so I, th I think maybe I'm thinking of the first quarter was a little like he yeah, didn't play the one first, first quarter, quarter was a little and then tough. Like, and then he was like, "Hey, by the way, <laughs> I am the real deal. <laughs> yeah, and I'm the best player on the court." And it's right. it's crazy to say that, but he was, and you know, he breaks George Mikan's record for most points in a playoff debut. It, yeah, that's you're right. You're going back around 60, 70 years for that. Yeah, uh, to beat the likes of Derrick Rose and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Well, how many points did he have? Uh, let me let me look. Because I, I thought because I, I know they had thirty-six points. They tied for thirty-six points. Yeah, I could have sworn he had like something like thirty-four, thirty-five, or something like that. But uh, you know, it could have been like thirty-eight. I'm pretty sure it was thirty-eight. I'm I'm double checking. Uh, but yeah, no, like that that series, man, like. <sighs> I mean, the the season, it's a resounding success, especially with that buzzer beater, you know? Like, it's, like, one of the best moments of the playoffs. We had a, we had a pretty good playoffs this year, actually. 42 um, points. Okay, yeah, wow, okay. Yeah. All right, so I underestimated by six points. Yeah. Um, that's, that's pretty amazing. 42 points in the first time you ever 
You ever right. could come to a playoff game, and that's like a pretty good defensive team too, or a team that's known as a good defensive team. And he just uh, he stomped them throughout that whole series. I mean, no one. I mean, like this this is what we're going to be talking about too. You know, now no one's going to be able to stop this guy. I don't know. He's he's gone to that point right now where like. You know, there's really nothing you could do. I don't know. I mean, like, he's, he's just going to keep rising. But the thing is, like, I don't know how much he can keep rising because he's so good. So he's just going to be more experienced, you know. And it's it's crazy, man, because this guy has been a pro for, like, seven years, right? Yeah. Playing against grown men for, like, seven years. So, like, he, he kind of knows what he's getting into. Yeah. And his IQ is just astounding. Uh, I'm looking at something from the Mavs PR right now. So in that series, a few accomplishments. Third player ever with 40, 15, and 10 in the playoffs, Oscar Robertson and Barkley. Joined LeBron as only 21-year-old to record a 30-point triple-double in the playoffs. Only player with one triple-double in the playoffs this year, uh, or more than one triple-double. And so I don't know if that was uh, – that was as of August 24th, and so I don't know if it stayed that way. I don't think it did because Jimmy Butler had multiple, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, second longest postseason game-winning buzzer beater, 20 feet only behind, or 28 feet only behind Damian Lillard's 37. That's the shot he hit over Reggie Jackson. Uh, I mean, come on! <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, like, it's also like this is a great time to be a Mavericks fan, but it's also kind of stressful because like you you're looking at the you know you, we're talking a little bit now we're like yeah they might be one or two pieces away so it gets like really like you know it, I feel like even if he doesn't win in two years from now people are gonna be like when is he gonna win a championship when is he you know like what they were doing with LeBron like after 2007 or whatever mm-hmm. you know like like just that annoying pestering. Uh, instead of just appreciating that this guy is an amazing ball player and he's carrying. You know, he's basically like the sole superstar. You know, we'll say what you want about Porzingis. I see, I see him Porzingis as an all-star. Porzingis is really good. He's an all-star. He's an all-star, yeah. but I wouldn't say a superstar. Yeah. He's an all-star. But, like, you know, not just he's like a superstar type of player. Yeah. And, um, like, the fact that, like, you know, they they, they just kind of came out of nowhere. They just kind of, like, you know, blossomed because you know, they picked him and they made the right choice in, in the draft. Yeah. And uh, making that move for Porzingis is huge now. Like, Mavericks have shown that since they made the move, they're not going to fuck around. Yeah, they got about $17 million coming off the books. Uh, J.J. Barea's contract's up. I wouldn't be surprised if they give him a minimum or he retires. He's 36. Another guy who was on that 2011 uh, championship team. Uh, Courtney Lee is 35. His uh, almost $13 million contract will be coming off the books. But uh, apart from that, you're pretty much looking at the same team. You don't need to remake the wheel. Uh, Tim Hardaway, without a doubt in my mind, is going to accept his $19 million player option. Uh, And I expect the same out of Willie Cully-Stein to uh, accept his. His is right around 20. uh, Well, math is hard. Uh, Yeah, 2.3 million, right around 2.3 million there. And so they're not going to really be able to lure some, you know, huge megastar free agent until the following year when they're undoubtedly going to target Giannis and they'll have a substantial amount of money coming off the books. They don't have to do a ton, uh, but what do you think they could do to make themselves better when they're going against teams like the Lakers or the Clippers or the Nuggets who are kind of the, the pecking order? if you will, out West. 
Yeah, I mean, like, it's not out of the question because I, I look at Doncic now as a guy who's on that tier of Jokic, who's, like, the second tier of superstars. Okay. You know, like, you got, like, LeBron and, like, the KDs first and Giannis. I, I, I maybe, I'd say maybe Giannis first. And, like, Harden, you know, Harden's that good. Um, but the second tier, you know, like, right below, like, Jokic and, you know, Luka, who will probably be there next season, you know, if he wins the MVP. And it'd be a bummer because he'd be in the MVP, you know, the youngest MVP ever. And it'd be, you know, since our guy 10 years ago won the MVP and he was the youngest ever. And that yeah. was like, I still want that to be like the trivia question, but yeah. uh, it might be Luca. Better um, get that because, in the full court trap uh, before the season starts in case that. Yeah, changes. honestly, because um, I, I have a feeling because he's, I feel like he's, he's the favorite. But uh, I mentioned to you before that I think this would be very interesting if they could, if they made a move for signing Fred Van Vliet. Yeah. Because Van Vliet has talked about how uh, he's very open about how he just wants to chase the bag. But now then, thinking about it, uh, you know, Dallas is going to be in a situation where, you know, they want to win, right? And they don't want to kind of waste their time with someone, you know, paying him the whole bag, I guess. Um, but <laughs> if Fred Van Vliet, like, wants to, you know, work something out with the Mavericks, you know, like uh, – the fact that it, like his presence, I think, will be huge because he's like kind of like a Carlisle type of player. He's kind of like you know, like you know, the you know, I wouldn't say Jason Kidd type, but you know, he's you know what I mean. He's he's like a solid player. Yeah, he's, he's like a, he's like a lesser Jason Kidd. I mean, I wouldn't even necessarily put him in the same conversation as Jason Kidd. No offense to him. I mean, this guy's like a fringe All Star. Jason yeah. Kidd, Hall of Fame type guy, but and also like his uh, his, his timeline. He's twenty six years old. He's like he's his timeline kind of fits in with the Mavericks too. Yeah, he, he's he's a stingy defender. He knocks down threes every once in a while. He'll have a real big uh, stat line. He has proven with Kyle Lowry that he he can play on or off the ball. And so uh, schematically, I definitely uh, see where we're coming from. I don't know if they'll be able to pull that off. I don't know how much money Van Vliet's going to command this next season, but. Yeah. Now another option that I'm seeing. Now this is uh, I'm seeing this from this guy, uh, Reddit user. Skip to my Luca. That's his name. <laughs> Skip to my Luca. This he has one thing that's very interesting here. He says draft Killian Hayes, and trade for Chris Paul. Hmm. And uh, he says if you look at the theoretical package for a guy like CP3, a top 15, you know, top 10, 15 player in the league. He says it's peanuts. I don't know if I agree with this, but he says the Mavs could possibly package Brunson, Dellen Wright, uh, uh, Tim Hardaway Jr., and Powell and some picks, some other filler as well for Chris Paul. Um, no. It'd give their depth, you know, <laughs> it wouldn't be, you know, great. But Chris Paul is also like, you know, the perfect, you know. Yeah, I mean, that would be great, but I think that guy's, that guy's smoking something. Yeah, he. Yeah, I don't but know. No way uh, is that fair value. I mean, this that guy was all NBA second team. It looks like the Suns could be closing in on him. Uh, in theory, I love it, but like, no way, no way. They don't have enough to offer. I mean, Jalen. And, and if anything, I, I want. I I think he. I think I don't know why Milwaukee does not want to make a move for Chris Paul because I get that he's older, but like, if the Bucks want to win now, like Chris Paul is like a win now kind yeah, of player. You yeah, know? I, but, I hope uh, that he goes somewhere other than the Knicks. You know. Oh Those yeah, I wouldn't play. expect him to go to New York because. You know, uh, I, you know, I mean, I, I actually, you know, it's actually funny. I actually see Westbrook going there, <laughs> which is like oh. a perfect, you know, if you don't like Westbrook and you don't like the Knicks, like, that's like the perfect match you know, made in place. hell. Yeah. Yeah. Right. The match made in hell. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, like, I, I don't know if I see this is this is tough because like we we're adding in the Warriors next season and we're taking out one of these teams. Who's going to be out? Because the Mavericks were seventh and it's possible that they could be out. Well, I think they'd climb. 
and you know who I think they actually have a great chance of landing is another European, uh, Goran Dragic. And oh, they were that, interested that be very in him yeah. before. He's a hand and glove fit. Uh, he was talking about how Luca was going to be the next big thing. When oh, he yeah, that's right. Yeah, teenager. he had an interview. Yeah, and so I think that could be very interesting. And I think Dragic at 34, a guy who didn't get to play in the – did he? what, he got to play in the last couple games or did he not play at all? I mean, it was – this, oh yeah, he only played game been, one. Yeah, he was uh, yeah. actually dealing with plantar fasciitis. That's what it was. Yeah, because uh, it was such a shame. I I, I remember. Yeah, they kind of got some of their guys healthy enough to play, but Butler was hurt, Bam was hurt, and Dragic was hurting out. Yeah, so. it's it's a bummer because Dragic was. I mean, he's a warrior. Now that I look back at it, because he was playing with plantar fasciitis, which is a very painful. It feels like you have like needles on like your heels you know, when you're walking around or something like that. And it's really bad in the morning. But he was playing with plantar fasciitis throughout, like, at least that, at least the conference finals. Yeah. So he then he yeah, tore his plantar fascia. He, he returned in game six. Yeah, and, like, I'm actually surprised but he actually came back. He was not the same player He, he tore his plantar fascia in game one on that weird, you know, you, when you look at it, you're like, how did he tear it? But then when you think that he had plantar fasciitis and, like, he put some weight on that or something like that, he was kind of forced to put weight on, like, that back foot or whatever the heel you know it, it makes sense that you know he, he tore it so uh yeah man like that guy is an absolute warrior and he would be uh another amazing fit for carlisle fit. system yeah. yeah and uh you know you'll have the dual ball handler lineup that you know that's kind of trending towards the league now and that could be enough for them to win a championship i mean they're that close or on dragic well, is a really they, they good they need they, they need a couple more wings though they, they need you like think, uh yeah. well because they just need like a really good defensive uh, like a three or a four. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, interesting. It seemed like that lineup kind of, especially for health reasons, kind of changed up a lot throughout the year. Maxi Kleba went out. Uh, Dwight Powell was hurt for a while. You know, I they, think they could actually use a guy like Otto Porter, like his kind of skill set. And that but like that's, that's well, that, going to accept that awful 30 million dollar well, player option. i'm talking about but the I bulls guess can trade for him you know if what the bulls can if, trade for him right like if the bulls yes. can trade him then the bulls, that get him the out. bulls a lot. just get him out <laughs> i mean don't get me wrong he's a good player he'd be a good fit there a really good three and d guy what about a guy like harris gary harris yeah if i'm not mistaken he's on the books for about 18 mil uh i can check uh, that out are you checking that out and so i think that would be tough um I think that would be tough to pull off. I think he's got a couple more years left on that contract. Yeah, yeah he does actually. Yeah, he has uh, about a couple more years left. He actually has two seasons left, and it's about like yeah, nineteen million, twenty million next year. I think you that, know what? Uh, yeah, so like if I were them, you know, now looking at all this, don't play with anything and go all in for Giannis. Exactly. Like, see if you can add Goran Dragic on a friendly deal. Who wants to go play with his European buddies? You know, uh, maybe. <laughs> what about Gallinari? Gallinari would be a great pickup. And, and there's reports that the there was a deal in place for Gallinari, and so uh, that's another guy that they want. But it's no secret they're going off uh, or going after rather these foreign players. Uh, another other names we've seen that they're interested in are Victor Oladipo, Spencer Dinwiddie, Drew Holiday, and so yeah, it it seems like you're right that they feel like they need another wing. Uh, but at the same time, you can't 
uh, get short-sighted here because if they got to do everything they can to try to bring in Giannis. So whatever they do this offseason, they have to be conscientious of uh, their long-term goal there. Yeah, I mean, I really don't know what's going to happen in terms of uh... – you know, because I, I really do think it's it's, it's going to come down to all the, how all these teams are going to be starting out the season. And a team that starts out 9-0 and to start out the 2021 season, they could be the eighth seed. You know, like that's how good the Western Conference is. Like a team that could be like starts off 10 games, 10 wins in a row, can like end up, you know, kind of falling down a little bit and like ending up being the seventh, like hanging on or whatever, eighth seed. Um, so, I mean, oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I could see Dallas, you know, I can see them in the mix. The only question is who comes out. Did the Blazers yeah. come out for the first time. Well, th- that's the thing. Like, uh, they're uh, or sorry, just to circle back the the salary situation real oh, yeah. quick. Uh, yeah, if Tim Hardaway Jr. accepts his player option, that is all their space. Okay. And so okay. all they're going to really be able to do, and I think that they can get Dragic this way because people are going to want to win championships. He wants to win a championship. He's going to want to play with Luca. He's going to want to play with Porzingis. Uh, he's going to want to contend again. So if he's not with the Heat next year, uh, mark my words, he'll be with the Mavericks. Uh, that is uh, that is my official prediction. Files uh, have been in. Yeah, files yeah. are filed. Yeah. Words have been marked. And if I'm right, everyone has to call me Hoopstradamus. <laughs> but um yeah i mean i i think they're in for sure in the playoffs like it, it's like you know this was luca's first year making the playoffs it's the second year in the league and much like lebron james i expect him to be in the playoffs every year probably for the rest of his career and i'd be surprised if he's ever knocked out in the first round even next season yeah, I mean, I think that – well, a lot of it's the health of Porzingis, right? Yeah, but and even even him too. I mean, like, you know, you, you really never know. I mean, like – I mean, Chris Stapp's Porzingis, he's, he's such a mystery because he's never played more than 60 – or he played 72 games his rookie year. Uh, obviously, this season is an exception, but, you know, he – had to get his meniscus fixed in the playoffs. He played 57 games this year, but the guy's 24. He's young. And so I think that that's, there's a very real chance that he takes another step up. I felt like he, I was never crazy on Chris Stapps actually. I thought he was kind of soft. I thought he was a bad rebounder. I didn't understand how someone who's seven three seven four was only getting you know seven and six rebounds a game, and then he went to Dallas, and he averaged uh, per thirty six over ten rebounds a game, but per game nine point five rebounds per game, and so you're getting a guy who's a consistent twenty and ten, who's shooting thirty five percent from three, who's still kind of entering the beginning of his prime. You know, I think feel I feel like the prime starts somewhere around twenty four to maybe thirty one. Typically, is when it'll end. But this guy's coming into his own. He's starting to develop physically, and then you know we've already talked about Luka Doncic at length. But barring some sort of catastrophic injury, the dude's you know what is he twenty one years old? Literally, I think he's gonna be. Yeah, I, mean, I think he's gonna be twenty one. Yeah, he might be 21 right now. I'm actually looking it up right now. Yeah. yeah he is 21, so his birthday's in February, so he'll be 22 in February. 
Yeah. So this guy is going to be 21 at the beginning of the year, 22 most of the year. I mean, he is uh, last I checked the Vegas odds favorite to win MVP. Uh, and so that's your, that's your big two, right? But then Tim Hardaway Jr., sure, he's not some sort of superstar, but that's another guy who averaged 16 points a game. Uh, Seth Curry, you want somebody who's going to create space? Absolutely. That's your guy. Uh, It's kind of a by-committee situation in the front court with Powell and Kleba, but those, those guys are both serviceable, and I really like Kleba's game. He shot 38. 37, 38% from three this past year. And so when I look at this Mavericks team, you know, they had the number one offensive rating in the NBA. They're super young. Uh, They were well above 500 in a pretty good West. I think that their chemistry is going to come back because they clearly can't make a ton of moves. So... I I don't know. I, I'd be really surprised if they stayed at the seventh seed and didn't get better. I'd expect them to jump up to the four maybe. And it's hard to say what that's going to look like. Free agency hasn't happened yet. Uh, but right now, just kind of looking at how good they looked in the bubble and the caliber of talent they have on their team, people forget that Jalen Brunson was out for the entire bubble. Yeah, I was going to mention uh, Brunson – it's going to be uh, – he, he's something about him because, you know, we've seen him play a little bit, you know, in college and stuff like that. Yeah. Something about him just screams, you know, he's in the perfect situation right now, you know. So, like, I think he's he's going to be – I think he's going to be really a really nice piece for them because he's a very smart player. And, like, he doesn't seem to have – like, he's kind of like a jack-of-all-trades kind of player, you know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, his dad, Rick Brunson, played for years in the NBA. Yes, I remember Rick Brunson. I remember he was on the Bulls. I was lucky enough to see Jalen drop 56 points as a junior in high school. Wow. Uh, yeah. At the championships? Uh, he was in the semifinal game, yeah. And oh, wow, that's great. It was actually in a losing effort to – Yeah, I was going to ask because uh, yeah. it sounds like it would be in a losing effort because then you would say that he probably won the championship or something. No, but... he lost to the Whitney Young Dolphins. Oh, the Dolphins. Oh, yeah. damn Shula again, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, laces out, Marino. <laughs> I was actually watching NFL films about the uh, the perfect Dolphins. Very interesting. I I learned a lot because I didn't know who was on that team, but now I know who Larry Zonka is. And you there know, you go. I know who he is in the no name defense. <laughs> the no name defense. I love that. I love that. But uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> we shouldn't just... be talking Miami on a Dallas podcast yeah, right? either. <laughs> I, I felt so bad for. Uh, Jalen Brunson that night though, because the dude was lights out and all his teammates seemed to be like afraid of the moment. Right. You know, they weren't hitting anything and the dude shot of a clean 50% from three. Do you know what the final score was or how much they lost by? I I am sure I could look that up. I I think they lost by somewhere around like 15 points. I mean, it just kind of, Oh, that's, well, that's a bummer. I was going to ask, it was was like a four point game. They lost. It it was close all game, you know? Okay. Okay. Until the end, probably. Yeah, I'm looking it up here. I mean, like, the only question for Dallas is, I mean, like, now, like, I'm t- we're talking about, like, these playoff spots and kind of something like that. I mean, because Houston could, could easily fall out, you know, if if things turn south for them, you know, this offseason, right? Like, if, you know, there's that report of Westbrook coming, you know, he wants out now, and, you know, who, who knows what that means. And, you know, Houston's not going to give up hard and easily. 75-68. So, 75 to 68 so it is a yeah, close game really close and the 
And he had 56 <laughs> points? My goodness. Yeah, and there's what's actually really funny is – so he, like, throws his hands up in frustration, right? Brunson. Yeah. And I give him the benefit of the doubt because uh, I was there live. But I think he accidentally gave the double bird. <laughs> to the crowd. Or to yeah, the yeah, yeah. To the crowd? Yeah, I'll uh, I'll send it to you in the in the messenger here, and maybe I'll I'll post it in the uh, in the show notes. <laughs> you should post on the Twitter. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> yeah. I'm very, yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing it. He flips the bird to the the crowd. Yeah. I mean, and... you should give him the benefit of the doubt there, right? I mean, it looked like he was just throwing his hands up in frustration. It didn't look like a double bird situation to me live. <laughs> I give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm trying to get it to okay. All right. Yeah, I just sent that in. Uh, but, you know, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? He's a, he's a valuable member of that team. I feel like I, I, got a, I got us a little lost there on my Brunson tangent. Sorry about that. Well, the thing is, I think he's going to be a very, very good player for him, for them. And, yeah, it looks like he is flipping the bird here. It does. Uh, so you were at this game here, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> okay. there's – I'll actually tell you this the, the full story. First uh, of all, that referee looks like Coach K. Oh, my goodness. They got, like, the hairdo. Yeah, a little bit, and he does not look happy about whatever's going on. Uh, Brunson got the last laugh. He came back and won the championship the next year. Oh, that's great. Uh, so his tweet, I apologize for the image that was captured in last night's game, but I do not apologize for the action because I didn't do what was portrayed. And so he's like, no, so he dude. apologized, but he, he, he walked it back immediately. Yeah, I mean, he, like, flipped his hands up in frustration. That's what I'm seeing where I saw it live. You know what I mean? Like, I know when somebody's doing the bird, you know? There, it's like your, your middle finger is sticking out, you know? And it is very <laughs> intentional. This guy, you know, if you flip your hands up in the air, the middle finger seemed to stay up a little bit longer, but it, he just had loose fingers. And that's why he was hitting all the threes because he's got loose fingers, man. <laughs> you know, he's not, he's not out there giving the bird. Come on. But well, certainly is an incriminating photo. Cause it I hope. Yeah. Well, I hope Rick Carlisle doesn't bench him for cancel culture or something. Yeah. Yeah. No, I didn't give the bird. I know this in the picture. I was giving the bird, but I definitely didn't give the bird. So I'm not sorry. I love how this guy's already <laughs> dealing with the cancel culture when, as a high schooler. <laughs> oh man. He's got to apologize on, from a tweet as a high schooler. Yeah. And this is what, like t- 2011 or something. What year was um, this? Jeez. We would have been at DePaul. Uh, okay. So maybe, tw- maybe 2014, 2015 ish, maybe. Uh, 2014. Yeah. 2014. Yeah. Okay. 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 Uh, yeah, St. Patrick's the... day weekend, 2014. Okay. All right. Yeah. Very, there you go. Yeah. So that's, <laughs> that, that's definitely a very good story. <laughs> yeah. Definitely put that on the show description. If you can put that picture <laughs> on the show description, maybe I'll put that as the, the, the picture for the episode. Oh yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's should, good. I, should I censor the fingers? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. No, nah, you don't need to. It's our <laughs> podcast. You know. Yeah, who's going to get mad? Me? <laughs> <laughs> and who cares, man? Like, this is a, who's going to even listen? Who's going to listen to this? Yeah, I don't yeah. think anyone's listening to this. I think Professor Staley, probably. <laughs> maybe, maybe three people total. <laughs> yeah, I, I hear Lawrence Holmes is a big fan. <laughs> <laughs> but people, people listen to him? 
Uh, <laughs> All right. Not, um, not always. It depends. Yeah, I uh, I saw someone online who say something like about like uh, it said uh, Lawrence Holmes was great content, and I'm like, someone else says this unironically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, um, if you are listening, Lawrence, we're sorry. I, I never had him as a student, yeah. so like I could, you know, I could say whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I just Anyways. stole my tongue. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah. Very high on Jalen Brunson. Uh, I like Seth Curry. Seth Curry is like the perfect guy that they have on their team. He's such a great fit but besides yeah. a guy like Luka Doncic because you look at what they do, so much is predicated on it, – it's very much like Harden. Yeah. They, they set up maybe a high pick and roll, and then it's sometimes a pick and pop. And so we'll call that the Murray-Jokic pick and – pick and do something pick and improvise that they run and then he'll drive in the defense collapses and then he'll kick it out if he doesn't score and if the person's not hitting an open three they're swinging it to an open three but Mm -hmm. it works it's kind of predictable but it works so well for them and when you have a guy like Luka Doncic I mean that's the toughest part like you know when you talk about predictability Harden does predictable shit every possession and you can never stop him you just can't yeah. So like that that's that's the most terrifying offense. You know even like Steph Curry well, a few years ago pretty like his was weird because his would be more unpredictable, right? He'd pull up from wherever. But mm-hmm. Harden is more like he's kind of the opposite where like you you totally know what's coming. The step back is going to come and he'll do that double step back too and he's very he's very genius with this. He does this like a double step back where he does he starts at the at the end of his dribble. He starts to step back at the end of his dribble. But Luka Doncic, his step back is like he hops out or something like that. He seems like he hops back out. He has an amazing step back, and apparently, you know, the, there's like I'm sure, I think there's a compilation of him doing step backs, and it's just like it's like the same every time. You know, it's like it, sometimes Harden will have a little bit of difference, but Doncic's step backs are very much like consistent, and he, he's had it for years. So I, I, you can totally see like that influence of the guy. You know, he's like he, a young kid. Mm-hmm. And when you're you're usually shorter, you usually would work on something like a step back. And, like, the fact that he's mastered it, it's, like, it's really amazing. Well, all his uh, all his moves are just surgical precision. I mean, can you believe that one move he had where he went, you know, behind the back and did the step back? He went, like, between the legs, behind the back, and did a step back in between that. Yeah, yeah. Incredible. I mean, that was against Orlando, if you want to, like, look it up or whatever. But just look up, you know, Luka Doncic's crossover versus the Magic, and, you know, you, you'll see it. But that was just him coming down the court. Yeah, and, and they had just a historically good offense. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. They, they were, like, the number one offensive rating, like, all time for, like, most of the season. Yeah, and I am wondering if there's, like, multiple offensive ratings because I'm looking on StatMuse and – uh, it's showing an offensive rating of 108, which is tied with the Spurs and the Lakers. But then I'm also looking here on uh, Basketball Reference in their 116.7, which is first in the league. So That's definitely first of all time. It sounds first of all time to me. But yeah. uh, I do know like some of those things can be kind of inflated and stuff like that with how the game has gone lately, like those kind of ratings. But like – you know, the fact that, like, you know, we'll eventually – we might even see a team that surpasses – maybe the, the future Dallas Mavericks surpass something like that. Oh, um, yeah, because they're going to get better, and that's – Yeah, the thing. fact that, like, you know, this wasn't even – this isn't even their final yeah, form. Come yeah, on now. Yeah, the, the <laughs> fact is this guy, like, you know – when I was 21, I couldn't grow a beard, homie. 
<laughs> like, let's just put it that way. Okay. <laughs> like I could not grow a beard. I, you know, feel like I barely finished puberty. Uh, I was in pretty good shape, you know, but like I was a kid. I was a kid. It wasn't until, and I'm obviously not an NBA basketball player and I'm not the example, but like men continue to develop physically till they're like 26. This guy's, this guy just like dragged his nuts all over the face of the league at, at 20 years old without like athletic ability, you know, with like, without like super athletic well, the, ability. The, you yeah. Know? Cause I think he's like underrated with athletic ability. Cause sure. Yeah. He's not like LeBron James or Derek Jones jr. But the guy's an athlete, but yeah, he had 29, nine and nine is, is a 20 year old for most of the season. Yeah. I mean, like I, I, I like because he's such a skillful player. He has basically every move in the book, and he's also like the the great thing is that like you know because he's not like so athletically, you know, he's 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 not so like reliant on athleticism. It makes him like very easy to market, right? Like he's yeah. very easy to like. But the, 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 this is another thing I want to talk about too. Um, you know, like I said, like very easy to to market, very easy to I guess like uh, relate to him. I guess in terms of if you want to play basketball and you know you want to play like Luka Doncic, just you know kind of feasible if you wanted to like, do the step back thing and you know the thing that he does, you know, laughing as the basketball goes in, uh, as he's throwing a half court shot or something. Jeez. But um, uh, Jalen Brunson's over here giving you the double bird. You're getting real pissed. <laughs> oh man, and then Rick Carlisle can angrily taking off his jacket, leaving, getting ejected. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but like uh, the marketing thing, that this is something that is really interesting because the sky's the limit for this kid. And I was just in, I just sent you a video or a picture of uh, you know Sony sending him like a message and saying that you know he's an NBA legend in the making and stuff like that. Now that was a very wholesome you know thing that Luka Doncic shared. I think the PS5 that he got or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, so th- this is very cool because he's such a lovable personality, and he's also you know, he's probably going to be like the best player in the league in like four years from now, probably. Right. You know? Yeah. And I am looking uh, on the internet and yeah, it looks like they did finish with, according to the advanced numbers, the best <laughs> offensive lineup. <there. laughs> we got it settled now. <laughs> yeah, like Take that, Lawrence. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> literally uh, the best ever. <laughs> so I mean, like it wasn't bad. Yeah. 2020 is a wild year, man. Yeah, Anything yeah. is possible. Yeah, this this uh, you know, this guy just finished puberty last week. He's <laughs> you know shutting down Kawhi Leonard in the first round of the playoffs. No, obviously they lost that series, but the, the, but the like, point remains. The whatever I'm talking about here, though, like uh, you can also kind of tie it into like the you know, whatever the Pelicans closure thing, but. Mm. This uh, I feel like the NBA and like the media and stuff like that, they're really, really going to push the Zion thing because he's American. Right. And I think because Luca's European, and not to say that they're not going to market him as, as well, but I think they're just really going to push push for Zion in terms of, you know, and, and Luca's you know, marketability will be more natural, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think that he's just – don't get me wrong – so is Zion, but if I had to pick one player in the league who I enjoy watching the most, it's probably Luca. Yeah. He's just pure entertainment. Uh, I'll, I'll bring it back to the big 
debate I was having with Leo, you know, uh, going into that series, I think I still have the screenshots, you know, because I know when I'm confident, <laughs> I know I'm going to, I'm going to look back on this in 10 years, you know, and <laughs> I said that he is going to be up there with Magic Johnson and Larry Bird and LeBron James. Now that may sound crazy, but let's think about this for a second. What do they all have in common? They're all about six eight, two thirty. Uh, you know, give or take. Luke is six seven, six eight, two thirty. Uh, they all are the best scorer on their team, the best playmaker on their team, and one of the best rebounders. And you look at a guy like Magic Johnson, I mean, sure, maybe he's not as flashy as Magic Johnson. Uh, he may, might, might not be as fast on the court, but the vision is there. And you can say the same thing about LeBron James or Larry Bird. You're talking about a perfect NBA body when you get into that, you know, 240 range, 6'8", 240, who can play four out of the five positions at least you know you that's that's versatility and it is just a problem when you have a player of that size who has sc the skills of someone who's like six one yeah i mean uh I mean, he, he's like, he's such, he's such a point guard, you know, like yeah. he's like, just like the guy that you want to, you want your keys, you know, you want to give him the keys of the franchise and everything. And the Mavericks are totally embracing that. And I also love that the Mavericks, I think this is my prediction. I think they're starting to rebrand, you know, they're starting to go back to like their cowboy hat logo. I think oh, I, they should. I, that's my prediction. Yeah. Because it, it's time, it's time for them to, to make a change because we got the Dirk era with like the horse and stuff like that, the blue and white, you know, the horse let's go back, you know, let's go back to, you know, let's, let's go with the Luca era. You know, these great players, they all, it, it all has, they all have different eras, you know, yeah. like Dirk had a Steve Nash era, the post Steve Nash era, you know, the post 2006 era, you know, even, uh, you know, uh, you know, Doncic will have, he'll, he'll have certain eras, right? Like he's, I guess this is like his rookie contract and then there'll be another era, you know, if they have, you know, if they somehow get like a super team going, but, uh, yeah, but like like what we were saying at the beginning, like it, it's such a blessing that he's like in like a great situation. Like, cause I don't know if it'd be quite the same if he were in Phoenix or Sacramento. Yeah. yeah. Because the ownership is so iffy, and you know, like I, I, if anything, I could see it work more in Sacramento, but not in Phoenix because the ownership with the Phoenix has been very iffy. But Sacramento has its own share of problems, obviously. But like, I think Luca would turn around Sacramento for sure. If you was if you went there, yeah. Uh, so I guess there's no excuse really for Vladdy to not go with him. Um, there was that rumor that people thought that you know there's some issue with with his dad or something like that, Vladdy and him. But they both squashed that. All parties squashed that. Um, but like you know, I, I I think they will regret it because you know like with that situation, you take the best player available. You yeah, know? yeah. I mean, Marvin Bagley is really good, and people were into that, but like it's going to be looked at like uh, Sam Bowie. 
Yeah, it, it's it's a shame. It's a shame because uh, I, I don't think Bagley he doesn't deserve that, and the Kings, especially their friends, don't deserve that because you know, they're I'm sure they're miserable. Yeah. Um, Maybe the European would have taken the European. Nope. Oh boy. Nope. No chance. Nope. We actually yeah. instead the uh, the American born guy for the 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 bro from IU took him. <laughs> oh man, rich get richer. Damn it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so jealous of their franchise, though. You know, uh, yeah. they're just in, they're in heaven right now. Like they're yeah. in like a. And if they didn't it, take Luca, they'd probably be in the Shark Tank. Yeah, yeah. Ah. <laughs> that'd probably be their big. Uh, that'd probably be their big thing this coming season. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. New season of Shark Tank. Mark Cuban gets fed alive to sharks for not <laughs> training up for Luka Doncic when he had the chance. Representation matters. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Shoot, man. I feel like this was supposed to be a Mavericks podcast. It turned into a Luka Doncic podcast, but that is what a good Mavericks podcast That's literally what the Mavericks are right now. Like, it's literally the Luka and the KP show, and then it's like the possibility, who are they going to add in the draft? I don't know anything about this draft, so I feel very ignorant of this class. You Um, know, trade now. Like, if if they find a chance to get somebody who can help them now, they're in win-now mode, you know? Yeah, and like and like I mentioned, it's 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 a stressful time because you know like this is literally this is like their next season, this coming season is gonna be like their first season that they have these kind of aspirations of winning a championship or like you know making the finals yeah, or conference for, finals for a long time. Yeah, and it's a very very tall task. And like you know, I know you I know you mentioned a long time, but you, like you look at like the the Celtics who are also built very well and who have been like doing everything, all the steps possible to you know be in that position where they can be at least in the second round mm-hmm. and onwards. But the Celtics, like, you know, like for all that happened in the last eight years, the Brooklyn Nets are like also coming back, you know, like the Celtics yeah. had that huge chance in 2018 and then lost to the Cavs. Yeah. But like Brooklyn is like kind of like kind of catching kind of like creeping oh, up on be them. Very interesting. And so, one thing I do want to add uh, is just shout out to the Mavs. It's such <laughs> a bullshit era where people fire their really good coaches. You know, the Chicago Bulls fired a guy who never had a losing season in Tom Thibodeau. The uh, Indiana Pacers just fired Nate McMillan. You know, uh, Dwayne Casey got fired after being coach of the year. Uh, Nick Nurse obviously did a good job. Like, sometimes they find really good replacements. Sometimes they don't. Hoiberg sucked for the Bulls. But uh, Rick Carlisle was brought in in 2008-2009. And I don't know who's the longest tenured coach uh, behind Popovich, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's Carlisle because they've stuck with him. Yeah, I think it is Carlisle because, like, they, he's been there since, like, 2008 or something like that. Yeah, 2008, 2009. Yeah, he threw thick and thin, man. Uh, he had one losing season with Indiana, 35 and 47. Gets fired the next year with the Mavs, 50 and 32. Wins a championship a few years later. I mean, I think yeah, that's I mean, the like, best that's possible good point. thing and like, for Porzingis, too, is Porzingis was not going to get better with the Knicks. He's yeah, turned into – he's got some – And he there. also wanted out. Yeah. And can you blame him? <laughs> not at all. Not at all. What a shit Sorry, show. Knicks fans. <laughs> yeah. If you're a Knicks fan, you're probably not getting a closure. <laughs> no, I, I we'll probably do one for every team, but we'll keep some of them short. Maybe yeah. these non-playoffs, we'll keep it short. Maybe five minutes of 
sad violin for you guys. <laughs> maybe for the Knicks, yeah. Maybe uh, just five Bulls, minutes. We'll, we'll spend of, more time for the Bulls. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because we're homers. But maybe for the Knicks, just five <laughs> minutes of fart sounds and sad trombone. <laughs> maybe some sad violin. Oh my goodness! And then the Nets are the new. They're they're like the Britney Spears now. They're like they're the new hot thing. Yeah. Britney Spears in 2000. That's what the Nets yeah. are now. <laughs> yeah. Hit me, baby, one more time. That's what KD is going to be saying to Kyrie when he's jacking up shots. No, Kyrie, hit me one more time because I get the last <laughs> shot. And, and, and Kyrie is going to be like, no, Kevin, I get the last shot. The world is flat, just like your basketball IQ. And then they're going to be like, how dare you? And they're going to start fighting. It's going to be ugly. Those aren't real. Pretty. You know what? You know what's going to happen? It's going to be a super altruistic thing, and they're going to have head coach Steve Nash suit up for them one last Ooh. time, game-winning free throws. They need him. Yeah, and his third <laughs> eye is just going to start glowing. And then it'll, And then after the postgame, you know, Kyrie will reveal that he has been a member of the Illuminati the entire time. <laughs> Surprising no one. Yeah, it's like, by the <laughs> Hurricanes way. Hurricanes aren't real either. Yeah, yeah. But what is real? Shout out to <laughs> – Go ahead. Yeah, what's uh, real? I don't know. Nothing's real. Well, the Mavericks are for real. That's the for Mavericks sure. are for real. Shout out to Britney Spears, though. We share the same birthday. That's all I wanted to say. Oh, there you go. I, I share the same birthday with uh, Nikola Vucevic. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's another guy that they could target. Uh, that, that was actually my Mavs fan friend. My Mavs friend fan uh, was talking to me about, you know, he, he, he'd he be joking about, he'd you know, Vucevic because he'd be another European. Well, yeah, well, yeah, the, the, he was joking with me about that because, like, they'd have, like, you'd make a move for Vucevic and they'd have the European big three, and oh. it'd be, like, uh, it'd be pretty uh, – I, I don't know what's the word, but it, it would be uh, – everyone. Would, I feel like everyone would just hate on them. You I, know? I, like, I can just, like, Europeans have kind of a reputation. I, I'm imagining a, uh, <laughs> a, a, a guy talking to you, like, I mean, now hear this. You get uh, Nikola Vucevic. You put them all European on same team. Manu Ginobili come back, sixty-two and twenty. Mavs champs, champions. Luka Doncic, the best of all time. We're gonna have to get uh, my friend Milan Savic. They call him the Serbian sensation, Sav. Oh, that's uh, great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's he's an underground rapper. Uh, in the Chicago, Western <laughs> Who is Chicago. Yeah, My yeah. goodness. Yeah, this well, pandemic is crazy. <laughs> he's, he's straight from the uh, Western suburbs of Chicago. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. Oh, yes, yes. I'm about, I'm about 15 minutes uh, south of Wheaton. Yeah, like us, he spent some time at the College of DuPage. So, yes. Uh, yeah. And he's got a great YouTube song, or a song on YouTube. Check it out, All is Life. Yeah. All is Life. It, yeah. And it's, it's, it's <laughs> Free advertising for Milan Savage. Yeah. That's <laughs> great. We should add it to the credits. I, I think, <laughs> just, you know what? I bet, it's, I bet if I asked him, he'd let us do it. I think I will. Sure, yeah. He'll be like, absolutely. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to put it in. I'm going to put it yeah. in. And it's probably going it. right now as we're speaking. It's probably going right now. I probably just started about 10 seconds ago. This is probably about all we got left. <laughs> yeah, that's all we have. Yeah, well, anyone who is out there listening to this bullshit, thank you for listening and taking thank your time. And waste yeah. you really an hour of your day. Yeah, it was a great hour. It was a great hour. The maps are going to be really good. We didn't have much to talk about. <laughs> that's, that's, that's pretty 
pretty clear. That's pretty, pretty clear. Uh, did they have a good, like, we, we go through, you know, what were your impressions on the past year? Amazing. They were really good. You know, oh. Exceeded expectations, yes. Yeah. What, what do they need to do? Not much. More game winners, please. Yeah, yeah. What's, what's the future of their franchise? Rings. They're going to. Uh, maybe a Greek. Yeah, maybe, maybe a Greek yeah. guy. Maybe it's some yogurt. I don't know. If they get the Greek guy, they're going to win five championships, all right? You oh, my goodness. I know Thanasis is pretty good. He already has a ring, but come on now. <laughs> all right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, shout out to uh, everybody. Let's go through our shout outs right now. Let's do it. Big little shout out to uh, Evan Beatrice. Great job. Uh, and the other shout-outs that we had throughout the game. Yeah, yeah, they're all great. The Mavericks, uh, the Britney Spears. Mavericks, Britney Spears. <laughs> Milan. Milan Savic. Music's playing right now. Yeah, all right, folks, you have a good one. Don't cry to the refs, I'm earning the buckets. Like Denver, I'm serving you nuggets. If the crowd ain't mine, I leave them silent. We can't be stopped, Shaquille and Bryant. You fought the second best, have it son like MJ. There's nothing that I haven't done. Uh, crowd, let's get hype. Cause b-ball is life Yeah, ball is my life I can see that trophy Let's fight for it Now let's get hype Cause b-ball is life Yeah, ball is my life I can smell that trophy Let's fight for it Crowd, let's get hype Cause b-ball is life Yeah, ball is my life I can see that trophy, let's fight for it Now let's get hype Cause b-ball is life Yeah, ball is my life I can smell that trophy, let's fight for it